Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Why don't we start with some puck? I tweeted it last night. Only a great team could end the Bolts dynasty. And the Colorado Avalanche are just that. They are great. Kale McCarr, is that good? Nathan McKinnon, is that good? Gabriel Landeskog, is that good? Darcy Camper, even with all of his doubters, is that good? This team is that good. You were not going to fluke your way to beating Tampa Bay four times in a single series. Nobody had done that in three years. And when Tampa Bay beat Colorado in Colorado on Friday night, you knew it was going to be even tougher. Then the lightning got out quickly last night. Trying to keep it alive. McCarr takes it away, loses it. Here's Stamp, goes open in front, score! Stamp goes! The Lightning flushed their turnover, and Stamkos has made it one nothing Lightning with 16-12 left in the first. All right, so at that point, Stamkos scores early. It felt like it was going to be a long night for Colorado. Tampa Bay out quickly, swarming early on. If they got out to a multi-goal lead, especially with that stud between the pipes, they put that game away, then all the pressure in the world, as good as they are, all the pressure in the world goes back on the Avs going back home. Except that never happened. Tampa Bay never got out to that multi-goal lead. In fact, they didn't score again. Not only did they not score, they didn't get many looks. In fact, they got locked up. Down 2-1 in the third. They actually went 10 minutes without a single shot on goal. You know how good you have to be defensively to hold the Lightning without a shot on goal for 10 minutes in the final period in their own barn with their season and their dynasty on the line. Do you know how good you have to be? Do you know how aggressive that forecheck's got to be? How suffocating you have to be? They were that good. Tampa Bay was hitting Colorado with everything they had, and the Avalanche never even flinched. Guys were throwing themselves in front of pucks, losing skate blades, getting dragged off the ice. Colorado refused to crack. They allowed a total of two shots on goal in the third period, according to The Athletic. Two shots with a one-goal lead in a cup-clinching third period. That's how you close it out. That's how you shut the other guy down. I mean, that's like some Mariano Rivera stuff right there. That's Dennis Eckersley in his prime, slamming the door shut repeatedly. And that led to the final seconds on the road in the home of the two-time defending champs. Ten seconds now. Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way to the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. They did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. And they will lift Lord Stanley a mile high. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cup is coming back to Colorado. Avalanche Radio. Look, I'm not going to say the Avalanche were built to beat the Lightning, but they were built to beat the Lightning. They were built to end a dynasty. They've got youth. They've got experience. They have incredible speed. They've got Nathan McKinnon. They've got Kale McCarr. And they've got a massive chip on their shoulders. Why do I say that? Nathan McKinnon. This is what he had to say just over one year ago after they got bounced in the playoffs. There's always next year. It's all we talk about. I like, I mean, I'm going to my ninth year next year and I haven't won So I'm just definitely motivated and I'm just, yeah, it just sucks, you know, losing four in a row. 
to a team and you know it felt like last year was our first real chance to win and this year we had I mean we're I thought we were the best team in the league we, for whatever reason we just couldn't couldn't get it together and I'm sure in training camp next year we'll figure it out and dissect things and come back better there you go you've won bleep now Nathan Even in winning, he was still tipping his cap to Tampa Bay. Quote, it's crazy how they went back to back. I might get fat as bleep right now. So I don't know if we're going back to back, but I'm going to enjoy it for sure. End of quote. So from not winning bleep to getting fat as bleep after winning. Man, that is the dream, isn't it? But it wasn't just McKinnon who was out to prove prove something. Nasman Kadri also had some motivation, and he had a message for his critics after it was over. As you have a lot of fans down in southern Ontario, London, of course, uh, Toronto, etc. What do you want to say to all those fans out there that have stuck with you and wanted to see you have this moment? I love you guys. I love you guys. That's all. Uh, that's all there is to be said. I mean, I've had supporters in my corner from day one, never wavered. And uh, you know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> So good. Raising the Stanley Cup is the greatest feeling in sports. Raising the Stanley Cup and then getting to tell your critics to, quote, kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. It's got to be even better. I mean, to illustrate how great this team is, just look at Kale McCarr. A car. I can do an entire take. In fact, I do have an entire take on Kale McCarr. I can do an entire hour on this guy. If you win the Norris Trophy, the Conn Smythe, and the Stanley Cup, you are something really special. But even that doesn't begin to do this guy justice. The list of players who have won the Norris and the Conn Smythe in the same year is Bobby Orr, Nick Lidstrom, and that's it. As the old cliche goes, that's it. That's the list. And now Makar is on that list. A car. An Orr. You didn't have that one, did you, Alvy? An Orr. A A Lidstrom. And now Makar. And by the way, those Bobby Orr comparisons are only going to get louder and louder. It used to be absolute blasphemy. I mean, you like they'd put you in jail if you ever tried to compare anybody to Bobby Orr. It was like a, a criminal offense. It used to be utter blasphemy to mention anybody in the same breath as Bobby Orr. Not anymore, though. He led the team in points in the postseason. It was the easiest Conn Smythe vote of all time. He's not just the best defenseman in hockey. I'm open to the argument that he's not the best player in hockey. In fact, I might just make that argument myself a little bit later on. How many other people who have ever walked the planet can defend Connor McDavid and initiate offense? And this is not a one-man team. This was a group effort. They won 56 games in the regular season, 72 overall. So they're not just great. They are an all-time great. Andrew Cagliano. Perform? Who's played more than 1,200 career games and had never won a cup. Played with pins in his broken finger to get the cup last night. He was asked if it was worth it, and his answer was exactly what you'd expect. Quote, bleeping right. Bleeping right, it's worth it. And bleeping right that they're worthy champs. And it might be the bleeping start of another bleeping dynasty. And when I say the start of another bleeping dynasty, I'm talking about a legit dynasty. 
Not some dynasty where you have a bunch of wins in the regular season, but don't get it done when it matters. No names mentioned. Chris in Southeast Wisco. I'm looking at you, dude. Stacking racked calls in the regular season and then not placing in the smack off is not a dynasty. Now, if it sounds like I'm rubbing it in, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to do that. I just expected a lot out of you, dude. I did. We're good. We're still good. You just, well, you need a new tagline, Chris. It's a dynasty, Crones. You need a new tagline, Chris. It's a dynasty, Crones. A new tagline, Chris. It's a dynasty, Crones. New tagline, Chris. So, you've got worthy champs. Ken Danico will join me at 40 past. I want to talk about that. That third period was amazing. I felt like the Avalanche were playing six on five the entire third period. Listen, now more than ever, I understand how investing can get really confusing, especially when people keep using terms like meme stocks, altcoin, and shilling. With all that jargon flying around, it can be hard to figure out how to start investing. Getting your money right is easier than with SoFi, the first investing platform to offer stocks, ETFs, automated investing, and cryptocurrency too, all in one single app. So whether you're eager to get started with investing or you already know the ropes and you want to diversify your portfolio, SoFi has your back. And no commissions on trading stocks and ETFs, plus no account fees or hidden fees complimentary financial planners are ready to help with any questions whether you're stuck on where to start or you need help deciding what to do next and explore the world of cryptocurrency alongside the rest of your investments 30 available coins including bitcoin ethereum dogecoin and more and sofi protects against fraud and theft to keep your crypto secure cut through the jargon make investing easier with sofi Go to SoFi.com slash Rome and learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open up an account. That's SOFI.com slash Rome. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. All investments involve risk, including the loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results or future performance. Dana White is joining me right now. Dana, what's going on? How you living? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, good, dude. You got Fight Week. You got a massive card on Saturday. You've got the prelims on ABC. You've got the main card on ESPN pay-per-view. So how is your week shaping up? No, it's, it's awesome. Obviously, the card is outrageous. And we're simulcast on ESPN+, Plus, ESPN, the network, and ABC leading into ESPN+, Plus pay-per-view. So uh, it's going to be an awesome week. Obviously, huge for us. Huge for the sport and, and really big for the fighters. No, I knew it was going to be a big week. That's why I wanted to get you in on Monday. All right, so why don't we start at the very top of the card. Dana, you've got Israel Adesanya. He is the undefeated middleweight or is undefeated as a middleweight. He's got the second longest winning streak in UFC middleweight history. You and I have talked about his star power in the past. For those who have not seen him, what makes him so different and so unique? Yeah, well, what I love about this kid is obviously he's incredibly talented, but he loves to fight. He, he wants to keep fighting. He doesn't like to uh, take much time off, and he wants to fight everybody. And if you're a fight fan, you love guys like that. Not only that, but I want to say something about him, Dan. Give me a minute to lay this quote out, but he was on a podcast recently talking about the fifth round of his win over Kelvin Gastelum. 
That was back at UFC 236. He said, quote, if I am prepared to die, I am prepared to kill. But I really meant that in that moment. I signed my life away. I was like, if this is it, if this is how I die, what a glorious death and what a way to go out in front of the whole world in a crazy battle. And I had some negative self-talk in that fight that I had to overcome. I mean, Dan, bottom line, is that really the way that guy is built? Is that really the way that guy, his mind works? I think that's the way most of these guys that compete in this sport are built. When you're in there, and, and, and you could never explain this to somebody that's never fought before, but when you're in an absolute war, a dogfight with another, with another person, I think that a lot of these guys feel close to death. Yeah, I, I do believe that that's how these guys feel sometimes. I don't know if you just saw the main event on Saturday night. High level, high level stuff. But, but the same thing, these guys went five rounds, and it was a nonstop war. And, yes, I think that's the mentality of most of these guys. I do, too. These guys are different. They're, they're a different breed. They're built differently. They're wired differently. They're just different. Dana White's joining us. UFC 276 is coming up. It's a huge, huge card. So his opponent, Jared Cannonier, packs a lot of power when he lands those shots. I know you've been, on high, you've been high on him for a long time. Yep. How much has he grown, though, as a fighter overall of late? A lot. What makes this fight super exciting is obviously both of these guys have the knockout power. Both of their wrestling has been questioned in the past, and Cannoneer really focused on that wrestling. And, uh, you know, this, this should be a fun one, man. This is a really, really good fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. We're talking to Dana White. So Dana Adesanya was talking about John Jones the other day, and he said in part, quote, go fight Francis or even like, I don't know, stop being on TMZ. End of quote. So how close are we to John Jones stepping back into the cage again? Do you have a sense of a time frame and an opponent? Anything? Yeah, John Jones is ready to go. We're just, we're just waiting for an opponent. Uh, you know, it's either going to be Francis, depending on how long his knee is going to take to recover, or, or Stipe Miocic. All right, so Dan, if you had to guess, Jones turns 35 next month. He has not fought in more than two years. Any idea how he will look if he does fight again? It's very interesting because I'm a huge believer in ring rust, but for all the negative things you could say about John Jones and his personal life and things that have happened, he's the best. He's definitely the best of all time. All right, so we'll see how that plays out. Dana, the co-main event Saturday is Alexander Volkanovsky defending his featherweight belt against Max Holloway. It's going to be the third time they have faced off with Volkanovsky winning the first two by decision. What are you expecting in this fight? Um, I don't, you know, this is a fight that absolutely has to happen. If you look at all the great things that, that Volkanovsky has accomplished, you know, uh, since winning the title, he's got to get this Max Holloway thing off his back. They got to fight one more time. And for Max, obviously, Max, you know, the other fights were so razor, razor thin close. You know, Holloway has to go for this one more time, too. So this is a fight that absolutely has to happen with two of the best of all time in that division, and uh, we'll see which way it goes. All right, so, Dan, if Volkanovski wins on Saturday, how strong is his argument as the greatest featherweight of all time? Pretty strong. Pretty strong. And then if he does, what do you do with him? Are you open to him moving up for another belt? That's what he talked about. I, from what I'm hearing recently, he's been saying he's thinking about moving up to 55. So, you know, you, you, you beat Holloway again, you let that guy do whatever he wants to do. 
Dana White's joining us. So, Dana, of course, Nate Diaz has been making some noise about wanting to fight Jake Paul. You made the point that he's won one fight in the last six years. And when I say that he probably should fight Jake Paul, Nate tweeted, send the release. As you and I have talked about, it's never boring with the Diaz brothers. (laughs) So how likely is it that we see a fight with Jake Paul and Nate? Uh, Who knows? Listen, he's he's, he's got uh, one more fight with us. And then, uh, you know, he can go do whatever he wants to do. Dan, how would that fight go? If that fight went down, how do you think that fight would go? The Jake Paul fight? Yes. I have no idea. I, 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 I could care less, to be honest with I you. I was going to say, Danny, you don't care, do you? No, I don't. I do not. But, you know, like I said, at this point in his career, yeah, I, I get it. I totally get it. Do you expect him to honor that contract and fight that one last fight with you? Oh, absolutely. Listen, these guys always go round and round, but two things. The Diaz brothers have always honored their contracts. They always show up. They, you know, they they, they show up and fight. All right, so one more point about that. My guy, Kamzat Shemaev, tweeted it, Nate, a few weeks back, quote, bitch, you're not ashamed to open your mouth at all. You refuse to fight 10 times, end of quote. Clearly no love lost between these two guys. Dan, did Nate turn down a fight with him? And if so, what was his reason? Uh, this is, uh, did he turn down a fight with him? I, I, to be honest with you, right here off the top of my head, this thing has played out back and forth so many different ways. Yes, we tried to make that fight. He wanted the fight and he didn't want the fight. Um, but... Nate Diaz did accept the fight with him. So why did that not go down? Who knows? Who, who knows, man? He's going to end up fighting somebody, and it might even be him. It might even be Hamzat. So we'll, we'll see how this whole thing plays out. I was going to say. that's the problem. All this, all this, you know, BS goes on back and forth on Instagram and social media. And, and you know what I mean? And that's why I don't play into any of this stuff. And, and everybody wants to ask me, oh, you know, why did he say this? And why is this going on? Listen, if, if I, I owe these guys three fights a year, if I wasn't honoring my contract, we'd be paying Nate to not fight. So once we get, we, we get a fight done with him, we'll get it over. He's either going to, I don't know, stick with us or he's going to go on and, and, and fight somebody else after his UFC career. So. Oh. Who knows how this will play out? Dana White, my guest. Dana, what, so what's next for Shemaev? I don't know. We're working on it right now. We don't have a fight for him yet. We're working on it. We're working on a fight for him. We're working on a fight for Diaz. We're working on a fight for Dustin Poirier. I mean, there's nothing but drama over here every day. And, of course, there's talk about a Conor Floyd Mayweather rematch. If Conor fights again, Dan, do you expect... I'm not talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think. I was going to say that if, if Conor does fight again, is it going to be in the cage or in a boxing yeah. ring? No, it'll be in the cage. Conor's looking to come back um, the end of this year, early next year. You know, you and I have talked about this many times, Danny. You said when a guy's got $100 mil in the bank, it kind of changes his will to prepare. Does he have that, that, that fire back? Can you see that in his eye? Like, where is he at mentally right now? Well, when I do talk to Connor, Connor wants to fight. You know, Connor gets all kinds of offers for movie roles and, and all these other things that, that he could go and do and make money. And he doesn't want to do any of that. Connor wants to fight. I was going to say, Dan, I've got about 60. Does he want to fight or does he want to get paid? Which is more yeah. important to him right now? Well, 
He, he, he does both. When he fights, he gets paid. So fighting is what he wants to do. All right, so it's a huge week. UFC International Fight Week is going to run through Sunday. UFC 276 headlined by Adesanya and Cannoneer. Dana White is the UFC president. Dana, thanks so much. Great to have you back. You too, buddy. Happy 4th. Love it every single time. I love that sound. Always pumps me up. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is the best. It gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. I've done this myself with this show and my podcast and my side hustles. Shopify helps with all of that. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash roam, all lowercase, and get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Once again, go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E right now shopify.com slash Rome. Hard to believe, but SmackOff 28 is already in the books. Hell of a show, I think. Honestly. If Twitter over the weekend was any indication at all, most of you agree. Because ever since we got off the air on Friday, Twitter has been nonstop popping about the top 10 and our new King of Smack. Speaking of which, I want to congratulate him once again. Classy champ. Caleb in Green Bay. We can officially now take off that best who never win one narrative and then put that right in the ground because it is dead. Caleb, feel free to keep dancing on that grave. You earned it. I know generally that's not what you're about, but go ahead. You earned it. Stomp that grave. Now, there were quite a few memorable calls on Friday, but I think two that stood out above the rest, which we'll get into. Caleb a.k.a. the Walrus, a.k.a. the Wisco Kid, a.k.a. the Green Bay Dadonis. He, he made like one of those calls, obviously, enough to rip him his first strap. A lot more on that in a moment. But first of all, thank you very much to everybody who did make it on air. All 18 of you, and yes, even the hour one calls. You had to have a sufficient amount of game just to get on the air to crap the bed in hour number one. Even Mark in Boston, who would have been the champ if the criteria was the shortest call wins. We head now to Chowtown. It is Mark in Boston. Great to have you back. Mark, how are you? Oh, uh, Hey, Jimmy. Thank you, man. Hey, here's a horse reference left call. Just... Dude, you're gone. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. What a nightmare. On the biggest day of the year. The biggest stage ever. And he was all about it. He was calling, contributing in smack off season. It was his time, he thought. 
And then that. Mark blamed it on a power outage. Unfortunately, there are no excuses in the main event. I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm saying nobody cares. And there are no excuses. No excuses in the main event. But there is always next year. Mark wasn't even the only one to get run on Friday. I mean, I said it, right, leading up to the event. Even in the smack-off, you can get run. Even the best of the best can get run. In fact, LT opened up the entire show when we had to bring the buzzer down on Dan in Denver. So, no, the big day did not get off to a fast start. But the tide didn't turn in hour two. And the back half of the show was an enormous run of incredible calls. In fact, the entire top ten came from hours two and three. And 10th place was Benny in Wisco. Actually, that was not Benny's best smack-off call. Frankly, it was probably his worst. But the king of the one-liner still managed to land enough blows to hit the top 10 for the sixth time in six main events. It says all you need to know that a down year is still a top 10 year for Benny. He's that good. In ninth place, for the second year in a row, Mark in Hollywood. Because for the second year in a row, Mark made a really solid call, but he never hit that next gear. Never had that wow moment. Never took it over the top. Credit though to Mark. That's 10 top 10s in 11 career smackoffs. Now, he might not have found that next gear on Friday, the way he has in the past, but pretty much everybody else in the top eight did. The top eight calls on Friday were all strong. In fact, a number of those calls would have wound up on the podium in almost any other year. Starting with eighth place, in his smack-off debut, we had James, my man, in Portland. One of the biggest wild cards and question marks coming in, James, my man. And I called him out before and said, I've got to see more. I have to see that other gear. And then, in fact, he showed he's got a lot more game than just that obsession with Alvy's coital activities. Eighth place in a main event debut in a field that competitive and that deep is no joke. So I was actually proud of him. I was impressed. Now, you want to talk quality and depth. Case in point. The dude who finished 7th, a.k.a. the triple champ, the Laguna Beach bully, left in Laguna. And you know what? He made a solid, solid call. He changed up this year. He went pretty much straight sports, but still managed to be creative and hilarious as hell. Unfortunately, his phone line was slightly off. And on that day, that matters more than a little. When the top of the field is that tight, sometimes that's all it takes to slide a few spots and maybe all the way to seventh because that really was all that was wrong with that call. That was the major gaffe in that call. He'll be back on the podium soon enough. He can book that. Again, you want to talk quality, you want to talk depth. Coming in, I thought this guy had what it took if you put it all together on the big stage to win it all. He already had a second-place finish. In sixth, my man, the R.I.B., Rick in Buffalo. He closed the entire event, and he came in here angrier and redder-assed than ever before. I'm not sure 
In fact, actually, I am sure. I'm sure he's disappointed to bat last and miss the top five. Of course. You know he's pissed. And you know his ass is red. But it's not because there was anything wrong with that call. The call was straight fire. The top five was just that good. Just that good. How good? Starting with the OG GOAT himself. Shawnee, the Cowboy Asian, took fifth. This is what I'm saying. This is how good this event was. This is how deep this event was. The Cowboy Asian came in fifth. Shawnee came in on a freaking tear and couldn't be more worthy of his third top five in the last four events. You wanted to hire Big Perk as a color analyst for the smack-up. I'm here for it. I'm here for the baby analogies alone. If Chris Dapps, Porzingis, and a sewer rat had a baby, you'd have Vic in no-cow. If Chris Dapps, Porzingis, and Halitosis had a baby, you'd have Leff in Laguna. If Chris Dapps, Porzingis, and Amber Heard's bad sheet had a baby, you'd have Brad and Corona. It really works for any of these people I'm competing with today, Jim, and I'm glad it does because that is the extent of the research I care to do on any of you. When I woke up this morning to evaluate my approach today, I thought to myself, Sean, why not do what worked for you five times? Just remind everybody that you're better than them. And I pray that's what I've done for the last four minutes because I could blindly go at Brad or Les or any of the seven Ricks and Marks and Bobs or whatever in this event. But the fact of the matter is this, 99% of you fall into one of two buckets. You're either an obese, sweaty, hump, drunkenly rocking a jersey of some player that wouldn't pee on you if you were engulfed in flames laying right at his feet, or you're a suburban dad whose wife has already spent the five grand you thought you were winning today, and you're going to take your frustrations out on some poor kid refereeing your eight-year-old soccer game this weekend. So go ahead, do me the service of placing yourself in the appropriate bucket. Save me the time, because right now, I am the 1% out. He is, too. And still is. And still is awesome. Still great. Again, that speaks to the event. That guy, that guy came in fifth with that call. The OG GOAT. I mean, this dude is good. The Cabin Asian is still really strong. How strong was this event? In fourth place, the actual GOAT. Brad in Corona, the defending champ. The only six-time winner Just barely missing the podium. Smart as hell, as always. Vicious as hell, as always. And had great reaction humor, as always. A great call. It just wasn't his best, or it just wasn't the BIC's year. Hey, let me be the first to congratulate Mark in Hollywood for bouncing back after a pretty rough start to 2022. Jim, not a lot of people know this, but... Mark was fired from his job as an Uber Eats driver for something they call skimming. Uh, You and I know it as eating other people's french fries, Jim. Anyway, he bounced back tremendously from that, and uh, he's averaged one acting job a day since the day he was fired. Yeah, Mark will be getting into character later today and every day from here on out when he pretends to be whatever name they just shouted out at the Panera Online Order Pickups. I think that's probably going to do it for me, Jimmy. As you know, it's Pride Month, and I want to let you know I'm as woke as the next guy. I'd like to finish my phone call here by warring I. Ray Craig, letting us know that he is a hobo sexual, and that just means he prefers wrestling with a homeless chick on the most drugs with the largest tent. Out. Proudly. <laughs> 
So Bradley, again, vicious, smart, reactive, but just not enough to win. The calf slicer, the Peruvian necktie. There are tons of ways to come out on top in the octagon. And for UFC 276, there's one more with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win and get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Whether it's Adesanya with a knockout kick or a powerful punch from Cannoneer, you win no matter what. And with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more. For UFC 276, you can place a Same Game Parlay, and if it hits, you will win double. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code Rome, bet 5 bucks on any UFC 276 fighter to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code Rome this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. MSG analyst, he is Ken Danico. Ken, it is great to have you back. How you doing, Ken? I'm good, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ken. Shall I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am awesome. Thank you so much for doing it. So let me first ask you, as somebody who won three Stanley Cups, Ken, what are the final seconds of a cup-clinching game like? Like, what kind of emotions are running through you in those moments? Well, as you hear a lot of the players say, Jim, after uh, winning the Stanley Cup, uh, there's no feeling like it, uh, and you just can't. Can't put it in words at times. And you saw that with the Avalanche players. I was real happy for a lot of those guys because uh, it, it brings back fond memories. Every time I watch a Stanley Cup, uh, even as far removed as I've been from my playing days, it, it brings chills. I actually do get teared because uh, you want to feel that again. Everybody wants to feel it. They've only had two guys that have won a Stanley Cup championship prior. So there's a lot of newbies, a lot of guys that are feeling it for the first time. And, and that first time is a dream come true as a kid playing street hockey or carrying silver garbage cans over your head, <laughs> pretending it's the Stanley Cup. So it's a dream, and those guys uh, were prepared for it from the last day of the season when they were upset by the Vegas Golden Knights, and you saw it in Nathan McKinnon's interview, and eyes, and uh, uh, they did it and had a terrific season and, and quite the run in the playoffs, only losing four times. Ken Danico joining us. In fact, I played that soundbite from a year ago, and Nathan McKinnon said, hey, I'm nine years in. I have one bleep, and you could see it. You could see how much it hurt him, how much it bothered him. So after winning last night, he actually, he was great. He said, quote, it's crazy how they went back-to-back. I might get fat as bleep right now, so I don't know if we're going back-to-back, but I'm going to enjoy it for sure. I mean, Ken, you won three cups. After you won in 2000, for instance, you went back to the final and you lost to Colorado in seven. So what's the summer like after you win a cup? And then what is it as a challenge? How hard is it to come back and try and defend? Well, well, it's a whirlwind. And, and as you know, to go four grueling rounds, you saw both teams banged up, guys playing through injury, Kadri playing with a surgery on his thumb and a cast in Tampa Bay. I think that's what happened. They just ran out of a little bit of gas and had no Braden Point, which was a big difference. He was so instrumental in our last two Stanley Cup championships. But the offseason is all about the family and friends and celebrating with them. That, that's what it was for me and the fans because they support you so all season long and, and, and they just live through you vicariously. And, and they're so excited when you hoist the Stanley Cup or, or accomplish something with, with teammates that you battled all year long with and – 
it's just a blast. It's fun. Now you don't get your mind on hockey for a couple of months after, but then when you get back to the season, you definitely want to do it again because, again, there's no feeling like it. But you enjoy it, man. You have fun, a lot of parties, a lot of celebrations. That Stanley Cup has a magnetism to it. I know when I had it here in New Jersey, and I kept it here all three times because I grew up here as a young teenager. I didn't even go back to Canada where I grew up just to share with fans and friends and everybody else. And it's just one of those things, even if you're not a big hockey fan, everybody wants a picture with it. You know, speaking of that, Ken, like Ray Ferraro was talking about this last night. I love Razor. And he was saying even what it felt like for him the first time he physically saw the cup and what an impression made upon yeah. him. And that's a guy who played the game at a very high level for a long time. I've also seen it in person. Can you explain to somebody what the cup, not only what it represents, but really what the trophy is like and what it's when you see it in person for the first time, what do you remember about it? Well, you always get asked how heavy it is is the first question. And really, it's only about 34.7 pounds to be precise, 35 pounds. And when you're lifting it over your head, it feels like 120 pounds. It did for me anyway, because you're just physically exhausted to, to, to go two months, four rounds, and, and to achieve your ultimate goal. But but it, just the presence, it's got an aura about it. There's no other way to look at it. It's got an aura about it. And I tell you, I would just bring it surprisingly sometimes to bars or restaurants. I like to see the reaction of people, uh, fortunately, winning it three times. And sometimes I would just do that out of the blue. And and I was amazed. I mean, just the the deer in the headlight look, the wide eyes, everybody going, oh, wow, can I get a picture with it? And that's what it was all about, the fans, family, friends, again, because uh, I, I, it's the best sharing it with those guys. And that's what Nathan McKinnon was talking about. And I'm sure he can't wait to bring it back to his hometown because I know he in Nova Scotia there and Sidney Crosby's from there as well. And he's brought it back a few times. Now Nathan McKinnon gets to bring it back as a Stanley Cup champion. And that is the best feeling in the world. Ken Danico joining me for a few more moments. Now, you and I were talking earlier in the postseason. You were raving about Kale McCarr. Look at this guy. Since then, he, <laughs> he, he finishes it off, Ken, by winning the Norris Trophy, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the Stanley Cup. He's 23. What does the next level look like for him, and how much better can he still become? Well, I mean, if he isn't a legend already, uh, he certainly will be. He's got a long way to go, but uh, he's got a long career ahead of him. And the sky is the limit, as they say. I mean, we don't know what he's going to accomplish the rest of his career, but I'm sure it's going to be some ridiculous gaudy numbers and championships and personal honors and trophies. And uh, when it's all said and done, yeah, I can say it already. If he stays healthy, uh, he's a surefire Hall of Famer, and he's only 23 years old. He's that special of a player. And, and to win the Smythe that age and only one of three defensemen, 23 or younger, to win it, and Bobby Orr and Sir Savard, that's pretty darn good company. So what a year for Kale McCarr, but just the Avalanche team as a whole and Nathan McKinnon, these guys, Landis Cog, great captain. I love their coach, Jared Bender. I, I mean, he's won in every league, professional league in, that, in hockey, uh, the East Coast, the American League, and now the Stanley Cup. He's just such a calm, steady influence to his players. And he's got that general look about him, too. I love that. He's got a presence. And anytime your coach has a presence, you respect him, you listen to him. But but he's got a calm demeanor. So those guys should be well commended. It's, it's an amazing feat. But, boy, were they talented. They wore Tampa Bay down. I mean, that third period, they were just 
stifling, and they had the puck the whole third. So they didn't sit on it. They played true to their identity, and that's why they're champions today. I thought they were incredible. I thought the forecheck, I thought the pressure they put on them, the fact that they went 10 minutes without allowing even a shot on goal was absolutely incredible. And I agree with you about Bednar. John Cooper, too, right? Such a class, class act. In Love fact, him, yeah. In fact, Ken, it's, it was striking to me that the Tampa players – we're not talking about how, you know what, it was a great run. All good things come to an end. Steven Stamkos was talking about how it was a total gut punch to come up short and how sick he was to his stomach for the guys who had not won a cup yet. Where yes. do you think the lightning go from here? And then how hard is it to bounce back from this after winning the last two cups and expending the energy they did? Well, they're, they're such a, a well-built team with a core group of leaders. And you mentioned John Cooper, their head coach, and, Trying to three-peat and become a dynasty, I mean, it's not easy. And obviously, they should be commended for going to the Stanley Cup Championship three years in a row. It's <clears throat> really unprecedented in today's game with the competitive balance in the league. But, but yeah, it's gut-wrenching. I know when we lost to Colorado in seven after winning in 2000, everybody thinks it eases the pain because you won the year before. No, you want to pr- accomplish something special and win back-to-back or win three in a row and and to go that far, it just kills you. But I said the same thing in 2003 when I was winding my career down and I was coming back in in Game 7. I just didn't want to make a mistake because the guys that hadn't won the Cup before, they've got to cherish it and, and they got to have this opportunity. So we just want to win a lot of the times for your teammates that you battle with. And it doesn't matter if you're Kale McCarr or, or you're Jack Johnson, a longtime veteran, or Eric Johnson. Uh, um, Eric Johnson as well. These these guys were, were just unbelievable for them and takes everybody. And you want these guys to get that opportunity, the longtime veterans. And a lot of Colorado players said all the right things. And I love that. That's respect to their veterans, their team. And, and they just were real happy for a lot of guys that have been in the league a long time and hadn't won it. And I know what Tampa Bay's feeling when a couple of guys haven't won it, even though they have. Uh, it hurts. It hurts a lot. But Tampa Bay is going to be – a team to be reckoned with for a lot of years. And I want to go one thing on Kale McCarr. They not only have him, this Bo- uh, Bowen Byram kid, 20 years old, is remarkable. He did not make a mistake throughout the playoffs. So they've got two top defensemen, 23 or younger, that are going to carry this team for a long, long time. I love that kid. I'm like, man, he showed poise way beyond his years. Incredible. And Ken, one last thought. Like, I've got about 90 seconds, and you're obviously going to be a little bit biased, mm-hmm. but I'm always struck by the end of the Stanley Cup final. I'm not saying that there's not a fundamental respect amongst athletes in other sports. I'm just not sure that there's as much of a fundamental respect as there is in hockey. At least it seems that way to me. Would you agree with that, or why is hockey different in that regard? As far as nationally or, or, or amongst I just, fans, I just amongst themselves. I mean, it's just amazing. The fundamental respect is gladiators, players, the love of the game. I mean, I just to see the way players treat themselves after a win or a loss is amazing to me every year. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. Cause it's their everything. And hockey, a lot of hockey players uh, come up from good families. It's their dream since six years old. And you could say it about every sport, but, but there's something about hockey. And obviously, I am a little biased because I grew up with it. And that's all we want to do is play one game in the National Hockey League when we're seven years old. And the second dream, like I said, that gar- silver garbage can over your head hoisting the Stanley Cup. And, and it's not easy. And when you do it, these guys uh, uh, really are warriors and gladiators on the ice anyway because they'll do whatever it takes, play through broken bones, play through anything uh, to help their team win.
give their bodies up, whatever it takes. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champ, 20 years with the Devils, and NHL Network and MSG analyst Ken Danico, my guest. Ken, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for coming on. Great job. I really appreciate you. Always a pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me. Listen, now more than ever, I understand how investing can get really confusing, especially when people keep using terms like meme stocks, altcoin, and shilling. With all that jargon flying around, it can be hard to figure out how to start investing. Getting your money right is easier than with SoFi, the first investing platform to offer stocks, ETFs, automated investing, and cryptocurrency too, all in one single app. So whether you're eager to get started with investing or you already know the ropes and you want to diversify your portfolio, SoFi has your back. And no commissions on trading stocks and ETFs, plus no account fees or hidden fees complimentary financial planners are ready to help with any questions whether you're stuck on where to start or you need help deciding what to do next and explore the world of cryptocurrency alongside the rest of your investments 30 available coins including bitcoin ethereum dogecoin and more and sofi protects against fraud and theft to keep your crypto secure cut through the jargon make investing easier with sofi Go to SoFi.com slash Rome and learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open up an account. That's SOFI.com slash Rome. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. All investments involve risk, including the loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results or future performance. So let me finish my thoughts on the event and then I'll get some more of your reaction. Middle of summer, yo. It's what we do. And by the way, I'm really happy with how it went overall. Smack off 28. Still a lot of heat. Still a lot of juice. Felt great. That will carry me through at least 30 of these things. I'm already looking ahead to smack off 50. Imagine. So let's hit the podium. Let me say it once again. That's in a really competitive event. If you've got the likes of the BIC, Shawnee, and Lef on the outside looking in, you know it's a really, really competitive main event. Think about that. The three most decorated callers ever all called in on the same day, and none of them hit the top three. That's how deep that was. Vic and NoCal did, though. Not only did Vic and NoCal do it, he did it for the second year in a row. Broadway Victor sounded more dangerous than ever on Friday. Brad, the jungle is not real life. Everyone thinks you're a tool. But to quote the man himself, Rome, a winning strategy in the smack-off is to imitate last year's winner. So let me try that really quick. <clears throat> Jim, I'm not saying Brad and Corona is related to Bill Gates per se, but judging from the contents of his banana hammock, I'm pretty sure he's well-versed in all things Microsoft, if you know what I mean, Jimbo. Jim, baby, I love and admire you so, so much. You're like Zenyatta to me, Jimbo. Kiss-ass little bitch. Rome, like the Golden State Warriors, I've returned from the depths to reclaim what is mine. They call me LL Coolby because I'm cool and the ladies love me. But don't you call it a comeback. Just call me Joaquin because like the Phoenix, I rose from the ashes to drop straight fire. Straight fire, hotter than the twin sons of Tatooine. You can ask Shonik and Skywalker about that one. He'll tell you all about it. Rome, thanks for the vine. Clones, my name is Vic, but everyone calls me Broadway because I have a way with broads. 
King Victor is back, bitches. How's that grab you? King Victor, he almost did enough to rip it. Imagine if King Victor was walking around for another year with that crown on. And I'm not saying that he won't again, because he came damn close. Now for the runner-up. There is a lot to say about this call. First of all, what a massive and awesome surprise that Iafrady jumped into the fray in the first place. Given who he is, what he does, how demanding his schedule is, you never know. The invite goes out every single year, and every single year the response is, I would love to. I'm going to try to. Except I'm going to be in the Middle East, or I'm going to be... Like, he's always not only out of town, but out of the country, on another planet. I mean, my man is tough to nail down. So the fact that... And and by the way, up until the last second, I didn't even know. And then there he was, on hold, in only his third smack-off appearance in the last decade. So no matter what, he's going to make it better. But will he show up? Knowing who he is and what's on his plate, I don't know how much time he's focused on this. I also know that he does not need as much time to focus on it as other people. So we call him up and come to find out that was his best smack-off call in years. I mean, that was only his third appearance, I think, in the last decade. But his best smack-off call in longer than that. That was vintage Iafrady. And remember, if you're new to it or newer to it and don't know this guy, he is an OG. Iafrady, I'll tell you how far back he goes with the program. He's named Iafrady because when one day way back in the day when I was still on local radio, they put me on the ice between periods of an L.A. Kings game ice. and had me line up between the pipes and had people take slappers at me. And I afraid he was talking all sorts of junk. Like, you are going down, Rome. I will own you. Top shelf. On and on and on. I'm like, who are you out? I afraid he stopped with your slap shot smack, man. What's your deal? And it just stuck. He was I afraid he. So I afraid he calls up, and it's brilliant, and it's intense, and good enough to rip the strap on almost any other day. Good enough to almost, no, good enough to rip the strap on Friday. It was that close. Man, my man, my man got that close and nearly pulled it off. It's not the field that's gotten deeper, Jimmy. Only the purse has gotten deeper, thanks to Romy Bin Salman rolling out the Live Smack-Off Tour, populated by a bunch of losers happy to take your blood money because they ain't got game and they know it. So here's to Les and Brad and Caleb and Benny and Vic and Rick. You guys all have as much chance of beating me today as Mercenary Mickelson has of lifting the Claret Jug. And let me be clear, Jim, when you send me that five grand, it's going straight to the families in you Valdi, Texas. They need your money. I don't. I may be old, suckers, but I won my titles on the real Smackoff Tour, and I'll tell you what I don't need in order to win this year's Smackoff. I don't need to be reimbursed for my expenses. I don't need my dog's assistance. I don't need no soundtrack. Here I am, oh naturel, kicking your ass because I am just better at this than you. Yep, I'm the age of all y'all's dads. But could your dad win the smack off like I just did? This dude's so great. So awesome. 
I'll just say it. I, I, I love the guy. I love the guy so much. What an amazing call. And not easy for me not to put the crown on that angry old man's head. It was hard. However, I mean, that, that right there was one of the best smack-off calls ever. That live analogy was genius. I loved it so much. Unfortunately for Iafrady, the new champ, who is not angry at all, Caleb and Green Bay also made one of the all-time main event efforts. I've got to give it to Caleb because the call had it all. He did have vicious smack. He had sports takes. He had clone impressions. He, of course, had the Jim Romelski show live from Eagle River, Wisco. He had that too. Clones a tremendous Friday to you. My name is Jim Romelski, a.k.a. The Blimp in the Box. Welcome to the Glacier. It's June 24th, and we already have two foot of snow on the ground. Or is there still two foot of snow on the ground? I can never tell the difference. We have a busy show for you, but I want to get you in here. You know the email address, Romelski, R-O-M-E-L-S-K-I at haveabrat.com. The Twitter handle is at Jim Romelski. And right now our phones are down, but Eagle River is pretty small, so just yell out your window real quick. We'll probably hear you at the bottom of this hour if we get the phones working. We're going to have a little chit-chat with Farmer John. He's going to tell us what's the best way to get the goose poop off your lawn. At the top of hour number two, we're going to have a glacier legend, a friend of the program, Elk, will be our guest. And I don't mean Steve Elkington, I mean an actual elk will come on to show for a little bit. At the top hour number three, we're going to have Bill Plaschke teach us how to catch a sturgeon with a spear. But let's start this show off the way we do every Friday with a deca moo. Ben Snack, embrace your destiny. Join us once and for all. The North Woods are calling. See you soon. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. My man, that's how he carried the day. It was that close. It was that close, and then that put him over the top. Once again, that had a little bit of everything. So everybody's got to take about what went down on Friday, and this is great. I want that. I love that. Without that, the event falls flat. It seems like most people can agree that Iafrady and Caleb both made absolutely special all-time phone calls. The other amazing thing about Caleb's win The other amazing thing about that win was that it was a huge win for Lorelai's in Green Bay, a.k.a. maybe the single best jungle bar in America. There might be a debate there, but if they're not the best, they're in the equation. They're in the conversation. Every single year they host a smack-off watch party, but they've never had a party quite like this one. Of course, they had one of their own win. But they've never had a party like this. Check out the real-time audio of the tension in the bar as I announced the podium. You had Ifrady showing up out of nowhere, and you had Caleb. Ifrady, one of the best to do it, ever. I've long said about Caleb, it's not a question of if, but a matter of when. Runner-up. The old man, I'm afraid. Yeah! 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 Dude, you can 
could hear a pin drop in that bar until they found out who won. That was so cool. And then here's Caleb rolling in as the new king of smack after getting off the air with me in the final segment. Check it. The winner and the new. So congratulations once again to the champ, Caleb. And one more shout out to my pals at the Lorelei and to anybody else who hosted or attended a watch party and to anybody who listened and especially to all the participants, an incredible smack off 28. And by the way, I'm still looking for your reaction. We're doing it in hour number two today. This is the hour. I've got two interviews next hour. Hit me up. And if you're talking about it still online, Hashtag it. Smack off. Tweet me your podium. Tweet me your biggest surprise. Tweet me the caller who got robbed. Tweet me your biggest disappointment. Tweet whatever smack off reaction you have, and I will keep reading them. Mark, dude, what's up? Tim, can you hear me, mad dog? (laughs) I can. Uh, Today I can. Just to address what you said about my call, I care. And I think that excuse was perfect. So anyway, what's popping Twitter? Do you know how bad it is for me right now, Jim? I've got a guy trash-talking me, and his Twitter profile pic is like sunglasses tan guy, where there's this big white ring around this dude's eyes. So listen, yeah, that sucks. Rock bottom is a lonely place. That's a lot of work and prep and hype for a very disappointing result. Regards, Mark's wife. Hey, oh, I mean, it was still better than hour number one. Uh, hey, Sean, if being the 1% means having historically low testosterone and a link to a cameo profile on my Twitter that looks like it's never actually been used or clicked, yeah, I'm going to be cool just staying an anonymous dad. And um, all hail King Caleb the first. I think you're about to see a good guy become a really bad guy because, as you know, Every time a nerd gets over, he makes the world a worse place than he found it. Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, the list goes on. So just please don't make me call hour number one next year. Being that close to those pathetic losers would literally qualify me for a charity tax break. Getting to the smack-off mountain requires grit, tenacity, and a short short memory. Sorry, And I tripped on some green boots along the way and fell all the way down. So... To reach the summit, I need to have a memory like Pat. War, Rick and Buffalo, liking his beer like he likes his violence, domestic. See you next year. (laughs) Dude. Mark in Boston, see you next year. See, that's what I mean. This is what this guy has in him. I don't think you want to make light of domestic violence, dude. But I know that's why you ended your call with that. Rick likes his violence like his beer domestic. James, my man. What's going on? What's up, Jimmy, my man? And Albie, the sun rose this morning, so we know something else rose this morning. Jim, shout out to the Avs with another amazing Stanley Cup finals. And the playoffs were just insane. And now Tampa can go back to what it should be known for amateur porn right alvy it was an honor to participate in this year's smack off i learned a couple things i had no idea sean looked like king kong bundy after liposuction 
And it didn't hurt that Paul's dog didn't crap in a lawn. It crapped in his own doggy bed. And I'm glad that the fake left from Bakersfield called in instead of the dude from Laguna. And I'm lucky Mark in Boston's power went off, not at his house, but on his cell phone. And congrats to Caleb. Seriously, dude. Heck of a call. And how the hell am I supposed to talk trash to a saint? I mean, dude doesn't smoke, drink, or swear, but the dude can talk junk. Thanks again, Jim. Looking forward to next year. Come on! James, my man. John in New York. What's going on, dude? How are you? Hey, Jim, you don't have to worry about anything. That's understood, you know. Sometimes you, sometimes you get on, sometimes you don't. But I wanted to congratulate Caleb and written by Jeff in Southfield. French fry, pizza pie. It's all on Caleb's waistband. Caleb's waistband. It's all on Caleb's waistband. Caleb's waistband, oh yeah. Dude, you should have worked that into the Alan Parsons project instead. John, that's why you didn't get on on Friday. Caleb's waistband. Why do you all, and by you all, I mean you and Big Head, keep jacking with Baba O'Reilly, which is an all-time rock anthem and one of the, my favorite songs ever? Let's go to the calls. Patrick in San Jose wants to react. Patrick, how are you? Hey, Rome. What a fantastic and successful smack-off 28, man. I got to say, all you guys make this thing so much better, and it's just an honor to even listen to it. Love it so much. I got to say a couple things here. I was nervous to call in, but then uh, it was after Martin James's call, and I said, man, these guys are so good. And that bag from New York called in, and I was like, all right, I, my confidence rose a little bit, as apparently Alvin did this morning, according to James's reference earlier. But what I wanted to say mostly was congratulations to Caleb. You were fantastic, my friend. Well-deserved. Uh, Iafredi, articulate, intelligent. What more can you ask for? But I do have to say something, buddy. You've got to quit being so bitter. I mean, we know you don't like the long ball. We know that you don't like the low averages. We know you don't like the long passing yards and not the ground and pound game. We also understand that you don't like three-point shot and the flopping. Hey, I get it, man, but there's something to be said here. Evolve or become extinct. I don't got much more for you, Rome. I did like Jeff from Southfield. I thought he had a good one, hoping he would make the top ten. But with that said... I'm going to bow out. I'm going to say war all the clones out there, war be- people being happy, and war shiny baby because that guy freaking rocks. And that's how you self-gloss at the end of a call. Now ring me, Alvy. Ah! That's not a good call. No. <laughs> Dude. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Bro, did you just gloss yourself shiny baby? Anyway, Patrick, not bad. Like, I know you didn't have a lot of confidence when you got into it, but you were getting more and more confident. I love I love that you said that bag in New York gave me confidence. I didn't think that I could call after Mark and James, but that bag in New York gave me confidence. 
enough confidence to try to self-gloss. And did he say, rack me or ring me up? Levi the trash man. Nice man. Loney Carter in Spokane. Yeah. Bighorn falling ball. Jay Dizzle. Manny Cheeseburger over here. Shakala is in Van City. Lone Prophet. The Grump. The Grouch. Moldoggy in NorCal. The Dougler. Zookeeper. Roaster. Garbage Man, Brad. The Cracker Jack. G-Money. Sexy Rexy from New Mexico. The Red Dog. Horse Monkey. Tree Frog. G-Money. B-Man. S-B. Bow down. Z-Man. Cotton Woman. The Silly Rabbit. Barracuda. The Muscle Shark. Denver John. The Horse Whisperer. Main man here. The bread man. Pointing the bartender. Tombo. Smokehouse. Tombo yeah. Ed. I'm a desert dog. They call me T-Rush. Rockin' Rodney. Hey, it's Mad Max from 219 in Indiana. More shiny baby. And that's how you self-gloss at the end of a call. Now ring me, Alvy. Ah. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Ah. 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 Ah.